You are listening to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. To learn more about CRCC, including worship times, visit us at crcconline.com. You know, there's this aspect of demonstration. If you remember the first week, the, the whole theme was one simple phrase. Your life will always be demonstrating something. And some of you may have left here and you're like, well, I don't know if I believe that. Listen, I love you. But your belief is never determined whether something's true or not. And I want to tell you from a very personal experience that even when you don't know people are watching, there are people that are watching and your life is always demonstrating something. And then last week, we talked a little bit about this aspect of demonstration and kind of the main theme was this, that if in the process of your relationships, if in your relationships all you are is receiving love and you're not giving, if in your relationships all you're doing is is receiving and you're not giving, then you're not in love, you're just being love. We talked about the fact that the fact that if you really love something that you're going to give. We talked about the way God lives, uh, God loves. And we talked about the way that God demonstrates. And, and you can go to the podcast and listen to those two parts. But today I want to start kind of putting together this video that you've been seeing for three weeks and pointing out some of these phrases. Because the amazing thing is, is that in our world we do pause for different demonstrations. And we have talked about how this past couple of weeks when we first started this series, unbeknownst to us, Kobe Bryant passed away, and that was kind of the first big moment for this generation where the world seemed to stop. And if you think before that, you had the towers when they were hit. It seemed like the world stopped. And before that, you had the space shuttle, and the world seemed to stop. And then you had assassinations of different presidents, and it seemed like the world stopped. Or somebody landing on the moon, and the world just seemed to stop. And we talked about all these different concepts of what was going on and the fact that people pause. So with that being said, I want to dive into God's Word. We're going to actually be in Romans, Romans chapter 10, a very, very familiar scripture. But I want to simply just ask this simple question as we think through this video. In that video, there was some statements that I want to just simply go through for a minute. And I want you to think for yourself, are these things true? The first statement in that video is every demonstration starts with a moment of anticipation. Like sometimes the anticipation is bigger than anything. And you're sitting there going, something big's about to happen. I think for a lot of people as we get ready to dive into God's word, I think that's where you sit today. Like you know because you've been reading, you've been studying, you've been doing different things in your relationship with the Lord. And if we were to be brutally honest, part of you is scared to death every week because you know God's doing something in your life and you know something's coming. And though you're anticipating it and you're excited about it, you're almost fearful of what that's going to mean for you. Like how is this going to change stuff? I just want you to breathe and know it's going to be okay. Nobody's out to get you. We're going to dive into God's word again. The second thing that was in there that I thought was a very, very powerful statement is it says actions always demand a reaction. Actions always demand a reaction. Now, some people say, well, no, because sometimes you can sit there and do nothing. That's still a reaction. 
Like when something amazing is happening, when something is transpired in your life, actions of what God does in your life always demands us to have some sort of a reaction. Some of you guys, including myself, that's one of the biggest things that we struggled with and what we had to do in our own personal life is God was in the process of loving us and pursuing us very well. The problem is, is we weren't reacting to what he was doing. You need to know that God's actions towards you demand you to have some sort of a reaction. And choosing to do nothing is still a reaction. It just doesn't get you very far. But the third one is the one I want us to focus on today. In fact, they're going to put up a slide. Because I want you to look at these words. And it simply says this. It says, Before moments of silence... There is incredible noise. Before moments of silence, there is incredible noise. Can I help you understand what we mean when we say silence in this little phrase? Before there's calmness, before there's peace, there's incredible noise. Now, I'm not going to be one of these old boomers that get up here and well, back when we used to, or, oh, and be political, because that's not what this is for. We stand on God's word. But can I tell you, man, the noise nowadays is deafening, isn't it? Like some of the things that's going on in our country, depending on which channel you listen to, you, you get a totally different opinion of what's going on. Like what you're seeing is really something that started back with the great wars, when people realized how amazing noise slash propaganda can be on people. Like you are a very influential person. And not only are you a very influential person, you're also a very easily influenced person as well. And people have started leveraging your desire to go and make a difference by trying to leverage their own wants and their own needs and what they could use your life for. And the best way that they can communicate to you is to by getting you distracted, by getting you off kilter, and to kind of overwhelming you with noise. I've recently been a part of a situation, and I was talking to this person, and what I listened to more than anything was a person that just needed to Step back and take a break from all the noise. So many people saying different things and wanting different things and desiring different things. And I think if we're not careful, a lot of times that's what's happening to us. And you want me to tell you a place that sometimes it can get very noisy? Church. You know, if we're not careful, we can approach people with all of the agendas that we have as a church and forget that God has a plan that's bigger than our agendas and God has a plan for people that's bigger than our agendas and that we've got to align with what God wants rather than what we want and not be so program or person-driven but be God-driven that he can take people on a journey. In fact, this aspect of propaganda, this aspect of overwhelming, this aspect of, of demonstration, and, and today's message is really, now we're going to start applying. Like if these things we've talked about for the first two weeks, and go to the podcast and listen to them. 
But these things we've talked about, so what does that mean? Like, like, wow, these have been great messages, Pastor Biggie. This has been really great. I really like this series. I really like this video. I really like that commercial you played. I really like it. I've got all these comments. And my question is, okay, that's great, but if you don't do something with it, all it is is noise. Like, what are we going to do to demonstrate? And I came across a very familiar scripture that I wanted to share with you guys. The screen's going to give you the New Living Translation. I'm going to be using a different translation and going back and forth because I like the way the New Living Translation presents this. And I want you to understand in Romans chapter 10 what's going on. First and foremost, in verse 12, the Scripture says, For there is no distinction between Jews and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all. Now, what you need to understand in what's going on is there is a major concept that's taking place in Paul's uh, epistle that he's writing to the Romans where he's helping them to understand that what used to be a separation and all of this noise, like you had the Old Testament and the sacrificial system, and if you want to have a relationship with God, then this is what you need to do. And God came for his people, and his people, he was going to deliver them. And it was all about the Jews and the Jews and the Jews. And if you weren't a Jew, then you didn't have an inheritance. And, and this is the way you do things. And there was this battle going on in the culture at this time. And Paul's stepping onto the scene, and he's saying, listen to me. He said, there's no longer any separation between the Jew and the non-Jew or the Gentile. He said, the same Lord God is Lord of all. He said, well, how does that show up in 2020? There's only one Lord of all people. I know sometimes we want to try to separate that. We want to try to act like God loves some people more than he loves others. In fact, here's the way we normally put it. That those that have a personal relationship with Jesus, God is Lord of their life. But those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, then God's not Lord of their life. Guess what? God's the Lord of everyone's life. The difference is, is whether or not somebody's going to submit to it. See, through a submission, through a commitment to Christ, then we take his lordship upon us and we submit to him being the Lord, the authority. But those that don't have Christ, God's still Lord of their life. The only problem is, is that they're not willing to submit to that. And so in the end, guess what? He still reigns. And he says, unfortunately, depart from me. You never knew me. You say, well, Mickey, man, we, man, I don't, that's terrible. We don't, we don't want that to happen. Well, how do we handle that? Well, let's keep reading. Verse 13. Verse 13. And we'll finish up verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jews and Greeks, for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him. I love the way the, the New Living Translation puts this. It says, bestowing on all riches, what the New Living Translation says, is generously giving to all who believe. See, if you remember last week, we've got to tie this together. We said that if you aren't giving, then you're not in love, you're just being loved. And I need you to understand that what God's wanting to do is not only that God so loved that he gave his son, but he also continues that giving in this scripture. They say, as Lord of your life, I'm going to generously give to you. 
You say, well, Mickey, I, I don't feel like he's been very generous to me. And if you feel like that, there's probably, you're only looking at your banking account. Like we don't stop long enough and look at all the ways God's demonstrated his love to us. Your health. Some of you may say, well, my health's kind of struggling. Your life. The people that God's allowed you to have a relationship with. The way that he's empowered you. The abilities that you've given and been given. The gifts that he's given you. The fact that he has graciously allowed you, though you choose to do your own thing, he is Lord and says, even though I'm Lord, I'm going to allow you to go on this journey and I'm still going to protect, I'm still going to guide with the understanding that me being God wants you to come back to me as your Lord. And so he constantly, with generosity, gives. Here's what I want you to know. Why is that important? Because he's in love with you. See, if what we've been talking about is true, and to be in a love relationship, it has to be a giving relationship, then I want you to know that God is giving. He's not a God that's just up there saying, I just want to be loved. Oh, just love me. I deserve your love. I'm the creator. He's saying, no, no. A great relationship is two ways. And not only do I want you to love me, but I want you to also know that I love you and I'm giving to you. But then he moves forward in this scripture and it gets really, really powerful. A little bit scary, but powerful in verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how? Can they call on him to be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. You know, today's message I've entitled, Silencing the Noise. Because what most people need is the same thing that you need. It's the same way that Jesus reacted when the noise got real loud. He would push back. He would push away. And he would go get in his word, and he would start thinking about what the gospel is really about, what he's called to do, who his father was, who his God was, and how the Lord reigns over his life. And I think sometimes we forget just how debilitating noise can be. In fact, three things that I wrote down that noise can sometimes be is it not only can be confusing, it can be false answers, and it can be misleading. Like a lot of times the noise that's in our heads, the noise that are in our our bodies, the things that are being pushed and persuaded and pushing us in different directions, those things can just get us off track. In fact, I personally believe this is an opinion. This is not in God's word, so you don't have to receive this. But my opinion is the devil's greatest tool is distraction. Like he doesn't have to get you to believe incorrectly. Even the demons believe and tremble. But what he's talking about is, you know what, let me just get them distracted. Let me just get them off focus. Let me just get them to to not understand just how powerful through Christ they can be. Let me get them to understand just how powerful their life and what their life can leave. Let me let them not really grasp the legacy that I have for them and the legacy that I want to leave. See, I, I believe that if we're not careful we will allow the noise to distract us from the legacy of what God wants us to do. 
well, that sounds great, but, you know, like, who am I? You know, there's a lot of things that in your mind that you think disqualifies you from being somebody that, that presents a legacy. Can I tell you something amazing? Every person that's ever left a spiritual legacy never thought they should have. Every person that ever left an amazing legacy behind in their life, if you'd have talked, about, talked to them when they were living, none of them would have ever thought they were qualified. I've never known of anybody that God put in a major sphere of influence that had this amazing pride that said, oh yeah, I'm the man and you're glad that I'm a part of your life. In fact, Scripture tells us that pride comes before the fall. So if you're up there saying, oh man, I just don't think that he can use me, that's the first qualification for him to use you. Like what you are actually saying is I'm the perfect candidate. And all of a sudden you look back and you run into somebody in a shopping center or in a mall or in a parking lot and you have a conversation that looks a little bit something like this. Well, hey, so-and-so, it's been a long time since I've seen you. You know, I was wondering, you don't know how much you've impacted my life from blank. And you go, what? I didn't even know they were watching my life. See, here's what this scripture is talking about. It's an amazing process because it lets us know that it's open to everybody. It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Now, I've got to stop for a minute, and and I don't have it on the scripture, but I need to back up a few verses. It's in verse 9. Because even the demons believe and tremble. And I don't want you to leave here thinking that just a simple belief in God is all that he requires. If we back up into verse 9, it actually talks about the aspect that out of this belief, the heart, out of this belief that's in your heart, your mouth confesses. Now, can we talk about giving for a second? Here's what's amazing. We can look in Scripture. We look in Matthew, and Matthew tells us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And where our heart is, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You say, what's the big deal? Do a little word study this week about that. Your heart and your mouth is literally the presence of where God dwells and where you come into a relationship with him. It's a belief that is in your heart that makes your mouth confess that Jesus is Lord. And through that confession, he says, you shall be saved. But you know where all that starts? By where you put value. What you treasure. If you treasure your own life and what you're after more than anything else, then you know what you're going to find? You're going to have a heart that's always wanting more. You ever met somebody? Maybe you are this somebody. I was this somebody. There was a time in my life that I couldn't get enough. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about credit. Like, I I wanted everybody to know what I was doing. It was bad. My, My lovely bride would tell you, I mean, I'd vacuum the house and be waiting for her to come home just as she'd say, oh, somebody vacuumed the house. Like, okay, what, I vacuum the house every day. What's that got, you know, good job. You actually, I mean, what do you want, a cookie? But, I mean, everything I did, I wanted somebody to notice and say, good job, that's great. You did your own laundry. You're such a big boy at 30. Like, everything that I did, and it's embarrassing to admit it, but I was, it's like I was seeking some sort of a, a recognition for it. 
Wow, look at this student ministry. Wow, look at these kids. Look at this marriage. Look at my little chores. Look at everything that I did. And you know what I found? I found myself literally at an extremely large church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, doing a lot of things that people would say, wow, this is it for student ministry, sitting in an office, feeling like I was in the middle of a desert going, this can't be it. And God took me on a journey over the next several years that led me to an amazing place called Cleveland, Tennessee. And man, let me tell you something. The more that I was desiring was his mechanism of where I was wanting him more than I was wanting the things I was receiving. Like that's, that's what this scripture is talking about when it talks about a belief. That's what it's talking about when it's talking about a treasure. Like if I was to ask you, what do you really treasure? What would be your answer? Because I'm going to tell you, now you say, oh, Mickey, I know the answer to that. My, my number one treasure is Jesus. No, it's not. Because if it was, it'd be what you speak about and dwell on. Because whatever your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And where your heart is, that's where your mouth's going to speak. And so if you're not speaking about godly things, that tells me you're not constantly dwelling on godly things. And if you're not dwelling on godly things, then he's not dwelling with you in your heart. That means your heart's after something else. And it's flawing your belief. Now, I want to just cut that off. Why? Because this ain't negative Nancy Day. Like, I'm on your side. And there's something bigger that I want you to catch. Why is it important that God be our treasure? Well, let's go back to this scripture. He says, and how will they believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone bringing the good news? And how is the, big, the good news supposed to be brought unless people are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who carry good news? Can I give you a, a cap to this message? Very simple. This process is a very amazing process because it works the same way forward as it does backwards. See, not only are people believing because they're hearing, because somebody's telling them, because somebody's going. But guess what? If nobody goes and nobody tells, then nobody hears, which results in nobody believing. There's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of you that have people in your life that you desire very strongly for them to have an amazing experience with Christ. And you're wondering, what is it going to take? Like, if we're not careful, we, we are like the ultimate fixer-upper, aren't we? Like, we want to take the old house and fix it up and make it new. But that's not what God's called us to. What God's called you to do is to love him and to love people well and to let him be Lord of your life. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to just be the good feet, the beautiful feet. You say, well, Mickey, I'm out. Because I don't like talking about this stuff. I don't even know what I'm going to say. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. Because the last phrase in that video was the world will always pause for a demonstration. What, what they really want is for you to demonstrate something 
that's worth believing in. See, can I read this scripture and, and redo a few of the words? Will you give me that ability to kind of use this? How then will they call on him who they have never seen demonstrated? And how are they to believe in him if they have never seen a demonstration? And how will they hear about him without there being a demonstration? And how are people to demonstrate unless they go? How beautiful are the feet of those who demonstrate God. You know, in this ESV, it talks about, uses the word preach. Preach the good news. I never forget, I had a gentleman at a church when I was fresh out of seminary that made this comment. It's kind of an old cliche, but it really drives home the point. And he'd say, Mickey, people would rather see a good sermon than hear one any day. Can I ask you a question? What are you demonstrating? What are you demonstrating? See, the way you live your life and the way you demonstrate by living your life really shows people what you believe. You say, well, Mickey, what, do you have any recommendations? That's kind of an open-ended. Like, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, I hope it's demonstrating a lot of different things. But is there, well, yeah, can I give you two? Can I give you two simple things that's the backbone of everything we do at Crossroads? Does your life demonstrate that you love God and love people? You know, the vision that you see up here, we exist to be a life-giving church that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. How do we do that? Through a life of demonstration. And we want to demonstrate two main things. That we love God and that we love people. He only wants you to do more than anything. Go demonstrate. Be one of my amazing demonstrations that tells this one major truth. Circumstances don't define my life. My God defines my circumstances. And watch and see how many people are catalyst into a belief because they hear. And when they hear, they believe. And when they believe, they confess. And they move from damnation to eternal life. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to experience other talks, visit us at crcconline.com.